0: understand why I talk about these things, because you know one of the major roles of pastors is to shape the way people think. Imagine we had 3 million people under these teachings. What will happen to society? That's why the more we evangelize, the more we change society. Hebrews chapter 12. (laughs) Yeah, we can go live now. Oh, the sermon is back. Uh, What key are you in? Go in G, just to get them back in the mode of the sermon. No are you Hebrews twelve? Oh, Hallelujah! Tell you never yonder. Uh huh. Yeah. Now Hebrews twelve. See? Is then run to me. These guys are disturbing my sermon. Anyways, whatever you're doing, do it. Does anyone want to go yonder? Does anyone want to come to the mountain? Then climb up the mountain. It's Some excited church. Eh? Okay. Um I thought you're supposed to be Didn't he call you to run a race? Why can't you run? What's heavy? Your outfit? And what about your feet? Look what's wrong with your feet? You're tied up. Okay. And, Madam Madigones, I thought you were supposed to be climbing up the mountain. The weight is too heavy. Well, okay, I'll try to see what I can do for you. Maybe in the meantime, you can sit over there. Hopefully. He will still be waiting for you. He's patient. He's rich in love. Yeah. And he's slow to anger. So hopefully, if you can sit over there, I'll see how I can help you out. Let me just preach a bit. Okay? I'll see how I can help you. Strange church. What was I? Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse 1. How many of you know you've come to Mount Zion? How many of you know that you've come to Mount Zion? The Bible says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. This morning I'll be talking to you about climbing up the mountain. Turn to your neighbor and say climbing up the mountain. Children I didn't come here to stay. I remember those songs? <laughs> so, we're talking about climbing up the mountain. Now, I must mention something well in advance. That climbing up the mountain, when I talk about running your race, and when I talk about climbing up the mountain, I'm talking about something similar. Why? Because in that scripture it says, let us run our race in, with endurance. And when you go on to verse 22, it says, it tells us why. It says, for you have come to Mount Zion. So meaning, when you come to Mount Zion, you're not supposed to like just come and say, oh, that's in verse 22. Like you're not supposed to come and just sit and say, ah, I have come to Mount Zion. So yeah, I've come. No, no, no. Once you reach Mount Zion, there is a race you have to run. There is a walk you have to walk. There is a mountain you have to climb. There is no reason for you to remain at the base of the mountain. As a matter of fact, the apostle Paul was complaining that there were too many people who had remained behind when he wrote to the Hebrews. Let me show you. Hebrews chapter number 5. Look at this. And verse 11. Look how he chose them. Then your neighbor and say, I hope you're not among them. Then say, if you are, today is your day of repentance. Now, it says, he's talking about Melchizedek. And he says, Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of Hearing. In short, can you imagine would have had more details in this book, would have known more about Melchizedek, but he couldn't explain further. Then he says, Why? Uh-huh. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, there's some people right now. By this time you ought to be mentors. By this time you ought to have. Led 15 people to Christ by this time you ought to have discipled five people because it means if you've been in a, if if you've been in the faith for some time, it is expected that you should be growing. Ask your neighbor how long have you been in the faith? Hallelujah. Somebody has been in the faith for they gave their life to Christ first, five years ago. And they got it back. Gave it back to him again four years ago. Got it back. I don't know if you're getting my point. Same person answering every call. By this time, they ought to be a teacher. You find somebody who got saved two years ago is the one now training them on how to do this stuff. There are many people who by this time ought to be teachers. Now, I'm not talking about the office of a teacher. Look, I do know that when somebody has... Don't get me wrong. If somebody has a calling in the context of the ministry calling, there are certain things that perhaps happen to them faster. Like for example, you find, I remember when I committed myself to the Lord, the stuff that I learned in one year was almost like God was saying, you've wasted so much time, let me teach you so much in one year. So it's, it's something supernatural. But, generally, every believer has to mature to a place of a teacher. Every believer has to mature to a place where we can bring someone under you and you can share the faith with them. Every believer must mature to a place where you can be a big sister, a big brother, where you can help raise a child. Every believer must mature to that place. And the Bible is saying, by this time you ought to be teachers, but you still need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. Don't do that! don't go there don't talk like that, five years in the faith come on, when are we going to talk about Melchizedek, if, if every time we have to talk to you about, don't watch those movies when are we going to deeper things, when are we going to go yonder I thought I will get better amen. I'm preaching good And he goes, You still need someone to teach you again the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. What are they going to say? For for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he's a baby. The babe. What else do we know about a babe? solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Now look at this. That is by reason of use. If I quote it wrongly, tell me. That is by reason of gift. It says by reason of use. Meaning there are certain things that come by a gift, but there are certain things that come by by spiritual maturity. There is a certain level of discernment, which is not necessarily by the gift of discernment. It's just because you're a mature believer. And by reason of use, they've exercised their senses to discern both good and evil. So, the essence is people must grow up. And you can see that in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. What does it say? Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles. How many of you know what elementary school is? Pre grade, kindergarten. Do we have kindergarten in Zambia? Do we have pre grade in Zambia? There are some schools. Some schools make money, eh? Baby class, middle class. What do they learn in middle class? I've always wondered. Afterwards, pre grade. I think they used to call it reception. Do they still call it reception in some places? <laughs> Meaning that's when they are receiving you. And look at what the Bible is telling us. It's telling us that even in the things of God, there is, there is elementary school, there is pre grade, there is reception. And look at what it is. It says, Leaving the discussion of the Elementary principles of Christ Let us go on to perfection Perfection means maturity And it says not laying again The foundation of repentance From dead works In short the first pre-grade Teaching is the teaching of repentance It's And look repentance is different It graduates but there is a repentance That someone should Do away with You know which one? Repentance from dead works It's better now your repentance becomes, no, I'm not seeing you as big as I should, no. (laughs) Maybe I'm not receiving the word as much, that's better. Now, if your repentance is always, I was a smoker, I never knew Jesus. Until I asked him... You know, those songs would be taught to like Sunday school. <laughs> so sometimes I would watch on TV and I would get shook like, like a six-year-old. I was a smoker. I never knew Jesus. Until I asked him to come in my life. <laughs> now, where it's an issue is... We praise God. That can be your initial testimony. How five years later... Guys, in test, one year ago? I was a smoker, I never knew Jesus. You may not dance to it <laughs> four years later. I was a smoker, I never knew Jesus. But today I have asked him, come on, you need to go up. Yeah. Otherwise, you know what you know what's gonna happen. You find you've come to church to preach a deep sermon. You're about to preach, the Holy Spirit tells you no. Instead, rebuke them. Tell them, "Don't do this. Don't do that. They can kind of evil. That's not the way it's supposed to be. One of the things that must be dealt with is repentance from dead works. Now, go back to Hebrews 12. What does it tell us? Verse to. And let's see, maybe let me try to help you out a bit. eh? So come through. No, let me help him first. You can stay back. You're the one who's supposed to be a runner. Come through. Come through. Let's see if we can help you. You can stay there. Verse 1. We are told let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. You know what it means to ensnare? You can hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll help you with that. You know what it means to ensnare? It means to trap. So when you're ensnared, what happens to your legs? They are trapped. Look at that. So you find... eh? So convenient. Eh? Notice. How do you expect him to run a race when his legs... Are ensnared. How can he run a race when his legs are tired? And so the Bible is telling us to let go of every sin because it easily ensnares. Hallelujah. Are you supposed to be an athlete? You're going for a race dressed like that. We have a mic. I'm just curious. I've got a question for you. So... As an athlete, if you went for a race, is that the way you're supposed to dress? No, it's not. How come? I just don't know how all this came up me. But what's the, what's the disadvantage of dressing like that? Do you know? It's slowing me down, it's holding me back. Okay. Is that why footballers have specific uniforms? Yes, it is. And they make sure they are light, right? So meaning you would have to put off this and put on something better. Yes. Okay, stand here. Let's see how we can help you. Stand, stand, stand. We'll see. So, let's see. eh? We are told to lay aside every weight and sin which easily ensnares us. Now let me show you something. Take me to Ephesians 4. Repentance. You know what repentance does? Repentance clears the way. John the Baptist had a message of repentance and he cleared the way for the Lord Jesus. Hebrews 4, give me verse 20. Sorry, uh, Ephesians 4, give me verse 22. What does the Bible tell us? Look at this. Uh, Starting from verse 21. He's talking to believers. Tell somebody he's talking to believers. He's not talking to worldly people because worldly people can't effectively do this. And he says, if indeed you have heard him, And have been taught by him. As the truth is in Jesus. uh That you put off concerning your former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Now listen to this. When a person gets saved. The real them is their spirit. They have a soul. They live in a body. Now what salvation does, you become a new creation. You know what else it does? There's grace you receive. You you know you receive grace to live godly. One of the things you receive is grace to live godly. You know that grace does not just end with unmerited favor. Grace is divine empowerment. It gives you grace to live godly. I can show you. Is it Titus 2.11? Is it the one? Is it? Give me Titus 2. I hope it's the one. Uh-huh. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Somebody say, "All oh, men." Look at this. What does grace do? Uh-huh. Teaching us, grace can teach you. Hey, people of God, can you get more excited? Hey, <laughs> look at that. Teaching us that denying ungodliness. And worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. So when grace is abandoned, a person can live godly, can live soberly, even if they're in a worldly boarding house. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. That's the grace of God. That's how you know there is grace. Though no, in Lusaka, it's difficult to live holy. The grace of God. Come on, the grace of God. It teaches us that you can live soberly on a Friday night. It teaches us, come on somebody. That's the grace of God. And this is elementary stuff. Foundation class stuff. Okay, let's go back to to Ephesians 4. So notice what we are being told. Because you are renewed from the inside. Put off these things on the outside, which are slowing you down. So it says, put off. You can actually put this stuff off. Put it off. You've got too much of the grace of God in you. And it says, put off concerning your former conduct. That's why you notice many people when they backslide, they go back to something they used to do before. Because they've not learned to put off stuff from their former conduct. So it gives examples of things you must put off. God. I would advise everyone to read Ephesians 4. And be renewed where? In the spirit of your mind. That's where the challenge is. Because your spirit man has already been made new. Now you have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In short, what you used to consider normal should no longer be normal. It doesn't matter how you lived in the past. When you're renewed in the spirit of your mind, it should be shocking 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 it should amaze you it should flabbergast you that someone wants to sleep with you before marriage it should shock you i should be flabbergasted wait hold on i'm flabbergasted the kingdom i come from this is not normal anything you see as normal you entertain it should flabbergast you say We're not married yet. This was meant for enjoyment in marriage, not here. It should shock you. So be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So as you put off your former conduct, what happens? You're renewed in the spirit of your mind. Let's go on. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You have already been created in righteousness and holiness. Because the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. So you've got a responsibility to put on the new man. In short, you know, I was thinking about it the other day. Uh, I wish I used to pay attention in physics. I I, I really wish. Hmm, I won't lie to you. Physics, good truth. I just passed for the sake of passing. But I think... I think there's like power which is dormant and power which is active. Right? Is that something I that? Anyway, is there energy which is dormant and energy which is active? So it's one thing. Uh, 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 tell me about it. Sorry? Potential and kinetic. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I meant to say that. So, <laughs> so, so, many people are treating their righteousness like that. Like it's like some people are walking around with potential righteousness. do forget it, <laughs> Like it's there. It's just not active. You have to practice your righteousness. Come on, somebody. Put it on. Practice it. Glory to God. It's already there. It's already yours. By the, Someone may be wondering, Apostle Fred, the believer is righteous. Yes, attend foundation class. We've got a whole teaching on that. And we're doing foundation class, I think, next week, right? We're having foundation class next week. Where we teach these things so that in church we can go yonder. So one of the topics we teach is righteousness. A believer is as righteous as Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus has given a believer his own righteousness. Second Corinthians 5.21 God made he who had no sin to become sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's something that's been given to us as a gift. Someone may say, hey, Apostle, you're going too far. When a human being gives birth to a human being, that human being is as human as the person who's given birth to them. Because they take up their nature. So look at what it says. Uh, Go back to Ephesians 4. Don't worry, the first time I read this stuff, I didn't believe it. At least you are better. You've believed it. Hallelujah. First time I heard it, it was too good to be true. And then I found out the meaning of the word gospel. You know what the word gospel is? It's the Greek word, Heugelion. And you know what it means? Almost too good to be true. If it's not good news, how is it the gospel? If it still leaves you in bondage, how is it the gospel? Faith. Yay! Okay. Now the Bible says, that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. It's already been created in righteousness and holiness. Your duty is to put it on. So what must you put off? Come on, let's go. Therefore, put away lying. Remove that quote. Put away lying. Put it away. Put away lying. You can imagine you can be a believer with the full righteousness of God, all right? The full righteousness of God, but you're lying. Put it away. I feel your pain, I feel it. Someone here was complaining out of that very holy baby. You ever forgetting my put it away? Just put it away. Listen. The father of lies is the devil. He's literally the father of lies. What the Bible calls him. Put it away. Just put it away. Hallelujah. You know, she's not the only one you're checking out. You're checking out four others. Be honest. So, mommy, even as I'm taking you for this movie, I want you to know that right now I've not yet decided there are four other people I'm planning to take on movies. Just be an honest person in life. That way she's making an informed decision. I don't know if you're getting my point. What are we lying? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I was going to say something about Abraham. Someone said Abraham lied that Sarah was his sister. She was his sister, she was his stepsister. He told a skillful truth. <laughs> he taught the truth with skill he decided which part (laughs) anyways put away lying let each one speak the truth to his member for we are members of one another hallelujah no you know that famous proverb in zambia right you've heard it you've never received that from famous proverb in zambia i'm just waiting for a project then i'll clear you It's a problem. <laughs> no. <laughs> ah, the ga- guys know what I'm talking about. I don't know if ladies use that one as well. No, there's just like a check. Uh, I don't know, people think the banking system of today is like, nowadays, checks can clear even the same day. Not so. I think. <laughs> now there's always just like a check which is taking two weeks. <laughs> No, there's this check. No, it bounced. I think, come on guys, stop those Zambian proverbs. (laughs) Be honest. As a matter of fact, let me mention something. If you're in a position, look, I'm pastoring you, so I just have to be honest with you. If you're in a position where you're supposed to fulfill maybe your end of the deal, and you're unable to, it's better you say, if the person is disappointed, they have the right to. If they turn you off, they have the right to. Even if they take you to police, they have the right to. The Bible actually says, as your neighbor is taking you to the police, ask for mercy. <laughs> Meaning, <laughs> they actually have the right to take you to the police. But the worst thing you can do is keep lying. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. Hallelujah. Huh? Where well, you're not giving the guy yes, you're just keeping around him around because you want somebody, you want to feel like someone likes you, and he sends you a ka, a. Kaf. <laughs> Why are the gentlemen suddenly excited? Right now the gentlemen are thinking of oh. Oh, <laughs> sure. I heard there was one guy who lamented once. Show oh, my anger, not just in Chicken and chips are not using good. that Jani. i Jani um you. I know seriously, it's very unfair. Ah, it's unfair. Hallelujah. Stop eating people's capital. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you know, some ladies are so... You know what? I'll never forget. I'll never forget during my Onza days, how I would know BC is out is... Because, you know, I I lived... I I never lived on campus my entire time at Onza. I never spent a single day on campus. The only time I spent a day on campus, the first time I ever was on campus overnight was when we had an overnight. (laughs) I would usually... yeah. But it used to be beautiful. I remember we would do, when we would have Web Onza, we would finish at 21, and people would ask for prayer. And you know, some people, it was like so new for them, like, "Ah, it's the third year who prays for people. And so afterwards, we would finish at 23, I didn't have a car by them, and we'd walk home eating uh, roasted maize. Me, Pastor Daniel, Alice. We used to enjoy ourselves. <laughs> you were with us before, yeah? It was fun. Go back to their rooms. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. So, I remember how I could tell that BC was out is when I passed through a canes. By then, there was no East Park. I would pass through a canes and I noticed a lot of other students so I would think to myself, what are these guys doing where I always am? I know, ah, BC a choker so one day, I remember I, I passed through a K-1000 spa and I saw a lot of students, I'm like, okay things are happening and I saw one guy with a chest and then like there were four ladies all putting drinks in his basket, in my head I'm thinking you've received the same money how she's saving hers <laughs> using yours and after it has finished <laughs> she'll go buy a gift for her special one, anyway, food of lying, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. And by the way, no, but no, okay, let me just defend them a bit. If they tell you, okay, look on this thing, (laughs) I'm not so sure and I don't think I might not say yes. If you continue pursuing and sending airtime, that's your own fish. (laughs) Hallelujah. You are not necessarily my time. At that point, you've got a choice pursue, overtake and recover <laughs> or <laughs> or live to fight another day. So it's up to you. Okay, let's go back. Friend, get back to your stable. Okay. <laughs> put away lying. Tell your neighbor, put away lying. You know, we need to come to a place as believers. And by the way, we all have it in us. But as believers, we must come to a place where your yes is a Yes. And your no is a no. If you say yes, you mean it. If you say no, you mean it. If you say, I'll be there, you will be there. If you can't be there, explain why. Don't wait for someone to tell you in advance. And you know, it starts with the little things. If somebody asks for something, you don't want to give them. You don't have to like cook up the story. Sometimes you can just say, no. (laughs) Otherwise, let me tell you the thing about lies. Lies have got a way of catching up with you. You will tell someone, "No, uh, there's this car, gadget I need to buy." Then you don't buy the gadget. Then one day they ask you, "Where is the gadget?" Ah, actually, what happened is, when I paid for the gadget, ah, before you know it, you're in a web of lies. So please, if there's somebody in this place, perhaps you've been in a web of lies recently, just go, just go tell the truth. Like, the truth will set you free. It may come with punishments, but it just set you free. Glory to God. And by the way, in the school of life, when you're making up for something wrong, be willing to face the consequences. So just go back and say, okay, look, I was wrong here. Forgive me. If they choose not to, it doesn't mean God won't. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Uh Uh-huh. and do not sin. So meaning the trouble is the guy is still reacting the same way when he's angry. So be angry and don't sin. What is what does this mean? As believers you are, you have the capability to get just as angry sometimes as an unbeliever. Something can anger you, but in your anger don't sin. You can take the next one off. I've told you what to do. So when you're angry sin. Next. No, give place to the devil. When you're angry, you know when you sin and you're angry, you're giving place to Satan. Go on. Let him who store still no longer, but rather let him labor. Let her who was using a man for rent Use that man no more. But rather. But rather let her walk around looking for clothes to wash until she makes that money for rent. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Let. Let him who stores steal no more, but let him labor working with his hands and what and what is good that he may have something to give him, to give him who has a need. Listen, there is grace. You may be in this place, and you're saying, Pastor, but if I let that thing go, if I let that word go, I won't have grocery, I won't have what I won't have what. I'm telling you, there is grace. The God who said let it go will supply. Hallelujah. But he has not said sit down and wait for a supply. Look for something to do. How so? And, oh, listen, as long as it's clean, as long as it's legal, if you have to lie down on the ground with your face on the floor to take photos at weddings, do that! Come on! Find something to do and don't let anyone laugh at you for your grind. Hey, I've used the word. Hey? <laughs> Hallelujah. If you have to go bend people's faces with stuff that will wear off not so long, go paint their faces, let them pay you for it, stop doing it for free hallelujah, hallelujah. nothing like no, this is the mate. whether it's a mate when you are plaiting their hair the first time you can do it for free the second time, let them pay you as a matter of fact, let me mention something as long as you're in this church hallelujah your brother and your sister is trying to grow their business stop asking for discounts as a matter of fact you can say because you're my church mate yeah, 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 yeah. I'm adding an extra 10 However, you also provide quality stuff. Sometimes the reason why people don't use their friends is because you you produce nonsense. Ah, provide quality stuff. Hallelujah. But what I'm trying to say, if you're good at planting here, start with that. Master it. Raise that money. Use that money on something else don't always do stuff for free. You are good with computers. Therefore, all the sisters are always coming to you. You even know you've got no chance with that sister. They're always coming. Look at hand, laptop. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. You even know you've got no chance with that sister. Surely you should always be fixing people's laptops for free. Do you know what David did when the anointing came on him? Before he could kill Goliath, he waited and said, Hey, so what will be done for the man who killed this one? He waited to see what was in it for him. No, there's nothing wrong with being an honest person. Be honest and say, Okay, look, I don't like to you. This thing that I'm doing, I'm using my skill, I'm using my time. And I think I would want to be paid for it. If someone's offended by that, but they want to be paid for something else they're doing. What's the difference between that I am going to sit in an office? Why should that other one get paid? Some people get paid just to attend work. I mean, there are people who just attend. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I, I think I heard <laughs> I heard Pastor Torey say that Zambians have a mentality where they want to be paid just to attend. like they want to, be, they want to be paid for their presence. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm busy inviting you to all these countries to speak. Let them put something somewhere. I mean, they're using your time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay. So, if you still, still no more. Next verse. uh uh-huh. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Why is my Bible amplified? Let no corrupt mem go proceed out of your status. Am I reading the correct Bible? Stop putting corrupt memes on your status in the context of it's a joke. No, stop. Okay, my my eyes are clear again. Okay, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace on the hearers? When you speak, your words must impart grace. I saw saw a status by Mwevantu. I just want to go look through the comments. I was scared that I will find someone I know. I just avoided it. There's a status I saw saying, mention one friend who always greets you with an insult. And I was hoping I don't find a believer there. Believer! I don't know. Some, I don't know who started that thing where if you are really close buddies with someone, you've got the right to insult. No, your words must impart grace. When you meet them, call them beloved. Call them the chosen one of the Lord. Call them a royal priesthood. But you've met your buddy ah, the fullness of God in someone and you call them a dog Ah! some of you go and delete the way you've saved your best friends so let no corrupt word you can remove the corrupt word now come on proceed from your mouth verse 30 look at what it tells us and do not Grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Are you ready now? Is there anything else you need to do? You are ready now? Shh. Call him again. Call him. Call him. Call him. I don't know if he's ready. Does anyone want to go yonder? Does anyone want to come up the mountain? Run to me. You can throw them away. You don't even need them the angels will come clear it up for you i saved the angels who come clear it up for you show us your run one more time come on show us now you can run your race with endurance hebrews chapter 12 what does the bible tell us verse one Aha! Uh-huh, it tells us yay, glory 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 since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run our race with endurance. Listen, if you want to be an athlete, there is a way you must dress. There are certain things you have to put off because you will not endure the race if your outfit is heavy. So repentance. Someone may ask, okay, Apostle, how do I deal with this? There are certain things which if you are struggling to do it on your own, confess. Do you confess to the whole world? Should you even try it? Don't. Not everyone is a mature believer. Talk to somebody. Be accountable. Let them help you out. You'll grow. If someone is a genuine mature believer, they will understand. That according to Galatians 6, the Bible says if any man falls into trespass, those who are spiritual should restore such a one. Meaning the whole, the whole point of ever rebuking someone is to restore them. If your aim is not to restore them, don't even talk to them at all. A person who wants to restore you won't gossip about you. And they are just as immature as you. Oh, <laughs> ah, wait. Oui. Every now and then I preach powerfully. (laughs) Don't you think so? (laughs) Okay. But you know something? Sometimes what troubles people may not even be sins. Sometimes it's weights. (laughs) We'll see if we can help her out, eh? come through. Let's see what we can do for you. But I thought you were singing. What song were you singing for them? Good voice. Yeah, try to go yonder. What's wrong? It's heavy. Too much weight. Let's see what's inside. Okay. Demonic oppression. But you're a believer. Let me see how I can help you. Matthew 12 verse 43. You're comfortable there? You want to have a seat? You're comfortable? You're okay until we help you out? Okay. Matthew 12 verse 43. There was a time Jesus once said, Come to me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And he says, take my burden. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, Jesus tells us something about demonic oppression, about possession. And this will explain One reason why a lot of people you find they're saved, but there's a weight of oppression on them. It says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. So, what happens when an evil spirit leaves a person? He goes about looking for rest and he doesn't find it. Uh huh. Then he says, I will return to my house. Ah, it's very simple spirit. It's actually calling it its house. And he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and it put in order. Uh-huh. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself and they enter and dwell there. The last state of that man is worse than the first. Go back to the previous verse. You know what bothers me about this scripture? The verse before. First, it bothers me that it says I will return to my house. Second, it bothers me the condition in which it finds its house. So you find here is a person and this person this person had a spirit of alcoholism, for example. And that spirit is casted out. It goes about so, doesn't find anyone. It, and it says, I'll return to my house. It comes back and finds the person thinks the same way they used to. The person has not changed their internal composition. They are still just as they were. They are empty. They have not filled themselves with the Word. Then that person has not changed their friends. That person has not changed their environment. As a matter of fact, it finds them at a bar where they've gone just to drink Coca-Cola. And they had to because, you know, it's their friend's birthday. So what happens? it finds the place exactly as it left it. Here is my question. If you want to get rid of cockroaches in the house, there are certain things they follow. You kill all the snakes, but you don't get rid of the environment which keeps the snakes. You still have long grass in the yard. What will happen? They will come back. Okay, I said you killed may not resurrect but other ones will come (laughs) what's my point here many people we've learned how to deal with evil spirits but we've not learned how to deal with the environment the internal environment of a person the mental environment of the person so you find the mental and internal environment still resembles their house I was dealing with a case some time back it was someone brought to me and the person kept having seizures kept having seizures seizures, and they were like a little kid kept having seizures and they were referred to me by someone I think from Eastern Province so they came to see me I knew it was a spirit casted it out afterwards I asked the folks to leave I remained with the little person because i knew there was an environment that those things were functioning in i asked us do you think your parents love you the person said no I said why i said because they they don't want me to become a musician and this is the little and the person is genuinely thinking people are against genuinely thinking they're unloved and so i sat and began to explain to them and counsel them and tell them why it's like that. Why? They would prefer you get an education first. So we had a counseling session. Afterwards, you know, they opened up. They hated someone in their family because when they were little kids, their finger got broken, so it was broken. Interesting. I told them, you have to forgive. I led them to the Lord. They gave their life to Christ. The moment they gave their life to Christ and they forgave, they felt something lift off. I received a text from their parents recently. has been okay, no seizures. You know why? You know what was dealt with there? It was the environment. The environment had a problem. How is your mental environment? How is your emotional environment? I'll tell you something. If you're not careful, you can spend so much time with something that you don't need an evil spirit to create an environment for it. So you have to work on your mental environment. You have to work on your emotional environment. You have to work on that. It's easier for a spirit of suicide to attack if the emotional and mental environment is wrong. And I'm saying this also because in the 21st century... In my time as a pastor I'll be honest with you the biggest thing I've had to deal with is not sicknesses it's people's emotional environment why also because an emotional environment can be very flexible it can be good today and something can happen tomorrow and it can change in a flash you have to be on your guard you have to guard your heart. It's your heart. You can guard it. We'll have a day where we'll talk a little more about this. Because notice this. This is very big. How I know it's very big is because it's one of Jesus's major assignments. Can you imagine one of his major assignments is to heal the brokenhearted? And then you a brother. You give yourself an assignment to break hearts. One of Jesus' major assignments is to heal broken hearts. And here's what I'm saying. Those burdens, the good thing is this. Our Lord Jesus is very interesting. You know why? Because who else does that? Who else says, remember we taught last week how they had to bath for three days. They had to bath for three days before they could come to the mountain. And still they were not allowed to go yonder. Now, our Lord Jesus is the one who says, Me, come as you are. Come as you are. Come, bring your burdens to me. You give your burdens to me, I give you my burden. You bring your burdens to me, I give you my burden. So, in short, at any moment where you feel you're being attacked in this area, run to the mountain. He's not ashamed to carry your burdens. He's not ashamed to help you. Hallelujah. He's not ashamed to help you. If you're finding that cross to Him, too heavy you'll come like that young man and help you carry he's not ashamed to help you so that's one aspect i want you to get these are not things that should make you stay away from the mountain as a matter of fact these are things that should even make you run come faster to the mountain i'm you that to go yonder these are aspects we have to deal with these are weights so we'll have a day we'll talk about that and generally there's also oppression in different areas even some of the sins that I mentioned earlier as a result of oppression. But if you maintain the same environment, if you still maintain unforgiveness, if you still maintain hatred, if you still hate your brother, if you still have not forgiven your mother, how do you expect that spirit of anger not to come back? Then your neighbor say, you're going to have to forgive For your sake You know what unforgiveness is like? It's like you tie yourself to someone And you keep walking with them And you know what's interesting Listen, if you have to put yourself In a season where you need to heal Do so, if you have to unfriend someone If you have to unfollow them from social media For you to heal, it's not a sin, do so If your right eye causes you Listen, it's not a sin to to Keep away from someone for a while If it's going to help you heal a person who you are always going to check how they are doing. Whether the wife is still looking pretty. <laughs> I find just <she's> pretty. <laughs> just let it go. Now, why would I talk about demonic oppression believers? Let me tell you why. Simply because, we'll have a day where we'll deal with this more in detail. But when you read Zechariah 2 verse 7, look at what the Bible says in the KJV Zechariah 2 verse 7 the Bible says deliver thyself O Zion that dwellest with the daughter of Babylon it says deliver thyself you've got everything you need to escape from that you don't need to be oppressed anymore You can do something about it. What can you do about it? You can do what the Bible says you do about it. You can pray about it. You can can have several believers who you are agreeing with in prayer about it. You can see someone. You can have someone above you who's helping you with it. Deliver yourself. You can do the physical things that you need to do. There There are certain... Because you know, science is simply a manifestation of God's wisdom. So, who knows, sometimes there's certain wonderful scientific things that are discovered that can help you with certain things. It's okay. It's, 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 it's like the other day somebody asked me, I was asked a very interesting question. I was asked what's my, what my take is on traditional medicine. I asked, what do you mean? Like, you know, like, I don't know, there are people who like, maybe they'll will, they will crush some leaves and maybe they'll take it for a cough and the like. I you know what I answered. Asked what the difference was between that and Panadol because the medicines we take in, they're also taken from they are. The problem comes when you are enchanting to a spirit and you believe that if I drink a leaf, I'll be protected. Otherwise, there are some people here who would not be alive had their grandmother not learned how to use a leaf from a mango tree? Let's be honest, I, and I'm talking about using it properly and uh, tempushers and all that stuff. But the problem comes with inca- with people who chant with that stuff. Nobody say glory to, glory to God. So those are things I have to be dealt with. But I don't know. Your bag is it still heavy? lighter? We help you with something else maybe? Okay. Bitterness. Why aren't you as excited as you were before? Hebrews 12 verse 15. Come on, you're unpacking. You are... tell, tell your neighbor, I'm unpacking I'm, I'm light because I'm going yonder. You know what to say after the word yonder. Come What key are they in? <laughs> Look at what the Bible says. Now, this, by the way, is Hebrews 12, which is still talking about when you've come to Mount Zion. It says, Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, and lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become devoured. will do a teaching on this but what i'm saying is you have to deal with the root called bitterness there are many fruits which are as a result of that root for bitterness And you have to learn how to i'll tell you something as a human being if you want to be a properly functioning believer one thing you have to you have to do is have a way you deal with offense have a way you deal with offense offense at people offense at life and also, don't be offended at God. Hallelujah. Okay, I want to climb up the mountain. Let's see if there's anything else in the back. Ugh. What is this? Oh, yes. Here's another one. Another weight. It has to do with conforming to the world. Give me James 4 verse 4. I need to wrap this. James 4 verse 4 says, Hey huh, doctors. adulterers and adulteresses. And you guys think I'm a tough pastor. Imagine, like a later comes, hey guys. Our pastor has written us a letter. All of you gather around. Then you turn to Galatians chapter 3. Oh, ye foolish Galatians. And you find the guy reading it is so dramatic. Who has bewitched you? (laughs) So now, here's a letter written to the church. And he was very upset. He calls them, adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now the trouble comes in when the wisdom that governs your life is worldly wisdom. "Hey, don't be listening to some of these preachers. Don't you know that if you don't sleep with him, he'll leave you. They forget to tell you about the other five people you slept with who left you. I think they worldly wisdom, and they left having taken a part. That's worldly wisdom. Why am I amens reducing? These things, you have to keep it real. Worldly wisdom. Now, you want to go yonder, but you still want to be a friend of the world? Come on, that's worldly wisdom. And so many people right now, the biggest burden you have is the burden of pleasing the world. I don't know, the world has decided everything for you. The world has decided how you should look, the world has decided how you should dress. The world, you know what the world does for you? By the way, I'm not against modeling, but I'm just telling you, I'm giving you an example. I, by the way I used to have issues with it I, You know, God God. then one day we are about to go for a web conference and I heard the Lord telling me there's someone I want you to pray for the conference uh, you give a prophetic word for somebody and after you pray for them they're going to win a in something something like, really <laughs> so I mentioned it as a by the way how they came to the front a lot of them They took it. Next thing I receive an inbox, Pastor, I, I wall. Like, hey. <laughs> I'm still trying to understand it better, though. But I've figured Esther became influential through modeling, right? Since she was a queen who used to slay, right? Um, <laughs> literally, right? Didn't she, didn't the king notice because she slayed, apparently? So, I don't know. Come to church, dress well. <laughs> God looks at the heart, man looks on the outside. Um, just friendly advice. Oh no, am I using the right words? All I'm saying is if this is the area of your life you're believing to be blessed in, like it's okay to look good. Hallelujah. God looks at the heart. Man first looks at the outside, hallelujah. There's no one who will look at you the first time and then just say, you've got a nice heart, so, dress well. Okay, where was I? (laughs) You cannot be friends with the world and expect to follow Jesus properly. And so many people right now, the burden of expectation is the world. The world has put such a burden on them. Because, you know, the world will always offer you something you're not. And let me tell you one thing modeling does. This is my opinion. Sometimes modeling can be very interesting. How many of you have observed that generally ladies... This is my... my please not opinion. Eh? This is our point the Bible says, Not the Lord, but I. How many of you have noticed that generally ladies are not as tall as men? Generally... But a lot of ladies are not that tall. This is my... I've not done any research, but... I think a lot of ladies are not that tall. And so you have a pageant that deals with, that tries to get the tallest and the most slender. And it's almost like this pageant is trying to get someone to be the picture of beautiful. That they know that the majority of ladies in the world can never be some people are not as slender as others even if they are, others will get big after they give birth let's be honest but you know what the pageant will do? it will get one person and state that this is beautiful everything else is substandard but if you want to be like her, then afterwards you'll be endorsed by all the, all the things, so if you want to be like her and at least try to measure up to a standard then buy this perfume, put on this bag, put on this dress put on these eyelashes, put on this My analysis may not be very wrong. And then for the men, what do they do? You know, there are some of us who've got the gift. We know how to hide our buffness. I don't know if you get my point. Because we don't want to be intimidating. I don't know if you get my point. The Bible says about Jesus that let us have the same attitude as that which was in Christ Jesus. Although being God, he lowered himself, becoming in the form of a man. I don't know if you're getting my point. So there are some of us there is one preacher who said he believes Samson was not a buff man. Otherwise, they wouldn't have asked where, this, where is the source of his strength. Anyways, you never. All I'm saying is that there are some of us gentlemen who've decided to lower ourselves, taking the form just for the sake of everyone else because we were just trying to be as humble as the Lord Jesus. Oh, sure. All I'm trying to say is that if you let the world decide everything for you, what will happen? If, the world, if, if you want to go after God, then you can't follow a world which is constantly changing. A world which decides that if for you, you don't believe in homosexuality, then you're immoral because you're homophobic. A world which decides that if you refuse to bake a cake for a gay couple, then you're discriminating against their rights but somehow they are not discriminating against your right. A world which is constantly changing is not the best to follow. If you want to go yonder, you need to let go of worldliness. And you can put better things inside. Are there other things inside? You know what we can put inside? We can put love. We can put joy. We can put a burden for souls. We can put all those things. Maybe it's lighter now. Eh? Oha. Oha does anyone want to come to the mountain then climb up they can't see you that side what has happened it's lighter go back to Hebrews 2 verse 1 I've spent all this time today trying to quote one scripture for you And maybe now let's read it all together. One, two, three, go. So you want to run with endurance? You want to go deeper? You want to go yonder? Then lay aside every weight. Lay aside every sin. This stuff is keeping you at the bottom. And let us move on from repentance from dead works. We can go to deeper things. And it's worth it, eh? It's worth it. So I'll give it all. I'll give it all to you. Give it all. I'll give it all to you. I'll give it all, give it all to you. So here's my heart, and here's my mind. Lift your hand. I give you my soul, Lord need you to take control cause i've tried it lord tried it on my own what i found this is a song for someone today so tell me what can i do lay aside every way that's what you can do because i can If you need to go into prayer now, do so. If you need to get into decision, if you need to write down a decision, I want you to do so right now.